tuning you in now to the all new LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll with your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> well, hello, All hello. Right. Uh, All right. Hello. Well, yeah. Welcome to another episode of the LBX Daily Show. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Brandon, you look like you're in a fun spot today. I am. I am. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. This is uh, this is one of those places that I've been wanting to get to, but like you just have to wait till you're in an area where we are. So uh, this is Flight Club, and I'm in Denver, Colorado, uh, because there's no other Denver. I don't know why I said Denver, Colorado. Of course, Denver <laughs> is Denver, Colorado. Um, but I'm actually here too with uh, Monica Bejarano from IAPA. And the reason she's here with me is we actually have a, a there's a, an IAPA meetup tonight at Meow Wolf's Convergence Station. And so I was like, well, as long as we're going to be here for that, um, might as well come check out Flight Club. And so, and as long as I'm at checking out Flight Club, we might as well do the LBX Daily Show live from here. So, um, I mean, you could just see, though, it is an absolutely beautiful facility. Um, and it looks empty, but I can guarantee you it's not um, because this thing goes back way back and there are tons, like 15 to 20 different uh, separate dart booths. Um, and, and so, you know, obviously Flight Club is all about darts. They have um, tracking system that automatic, this automatic scoring, everything else. And um, it's, it's great experience, good cocktails, good food. The, 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 the shareables are excellent. Monica had a flatbread that looked, that looked very good. And so, um, yeah, just a, it's really a beautiful facility and the staff are, are fantastic. Yeah, it looks gorgeous there. One, one of the things that I loved about it too, is like on the website, it just, you know, it's a dart place, but it didn't look like a dart place. Like, and that was my yeah. first question to you is like, is there actually darts there? <laughs> and yeah. how many dart yeah, stations are there? Because it's just so included. I'm going to take myself off. So you- yeah. So like here is, you know, here's one, this is the dart bay that we're in. Um, and so, you know, this is, uh, you know, one of these days I'll be able to like actually walk people around, you know, with a, like a handheld thing, but, um, we're like in our own little private dart bay. It's isn't like going to ax throwing where you've got one ax bay after the other, and you feel like you're in a bunch of donkey stalls. This is really a nice private space. And, um, there's another one right around the corner here and there's, there's like more down there. And so it's just absolutely, a uh, you know, beautiful space. And I think what I really like too is, um, the, the servers, you know, will, will share. So they're on a, they're on a pooled tip system for the whole facility. So you have your dedicated server, but if you need something else or whatever, they'll come and bring anything because they're all sharing tips. So like the guest experience is super elevated as a result. So yeah, super cool. Yeah. It just encourages teamwork, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, so far the staff has been, have been great. The bar is closed right now. That is why the bar is empty. They're doing some remodeling and putting some new metal paneling and stuff on the bar. So that is closed right now. Um, but, um, you know, I think the, you know, I'll say as a, as a person who grew up playing darts, um, you know, my, my parents were in a dart league. So I I started playing darts before my head even reached the three on the dartboard. Um, if anybody knows that, like they'll know three is the lowest number on the dartboard. Um, and, and so I would say if you're, if you really enjoy darts and and the, the, the experience is really good, if you're just somebody who's brand new to darts, never held a dart in your hand it's going to be a rough experience. And I think that's my one downside about mm. this is it's not like top golf or going to bowl and you can swing a club and like your ball can happen to just bounce in one of the holes and you can still get points with darts. It's not the case. 
there's they have different lines in the on the floor for pro and for novice um, and for regular. So there is some dif- distance from the board on the floor, um, but even still, um, you know, we were very far apart, um, Monica and I, in one of the games. And and that's just because she's never played before, and I played quite a bit, and so the difference there is really rough. There are other augmented reality dart games, one of them being Dart City, um, which you can play in Rhode Island, or you can just play now your third spot in Atlanta, and they're beginning to expand. They have different games, also also automated scoring, but the games are much more accessible. And I think that's, if you're going to use the dartboard, um, you have to make sure that the gameplay is accessible. And they have great, they have good games, good graphics, good user interface, like all that is really good. They've done all that really well thought out. It's just, I feel like it, it requires, it's not quite as accessible as I would like, uh, as mm-hmm. I was hoping it would be. Yeah. Otherwise, though, the whole experience has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just need some automatic da- aiming darts or something like that for those of us that are not good at it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, program a bullseye piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's awesome. It yeah. looks like a great place. I love the lighting. I love what they've done with the ceiling lighting in the background. It just looks yeah. super fun and cool, like a great yeah. place to hang out. No, the, the wall decor, there's ivy on the walls. I mean, again, they've just done a very good job. feels mm-hmm. very calm, homey, relaxed environment. Yeah. Super cool. Yep. Feeling right. jealous that I'm not there with you today. Oh. <laughs> anyway. But you're, um, you're, uh, you're, you're there to cover the Canadian sport. So what do we that, got? No, this is right. Okay. So this obviously piqued my attention today because I'm so Canadian. Um, hockey, the exhibit. Hockey faster than ever. The exhibit is going through, um, I believe it's Canada right now. Um, and it's a super cool exhibit. Like this really appealed to me because what it is exploring and looking at is kind of the technology and physics within the game. Um, which it goes anything from the skates as they scratch across the ice, what it sounds like to the lightning fast uh, sound of like when you do a slap shot on ice, which is super cool. Um, all things that I remember from sitting as a you know participant listening to hockey. Um, and it talks a lot about the history of hockey and with all the new modern innovations that have actually come along in the years. <laughs> they even have... Um, they show up artifacts, um, even some of the hockey equipment dating back to the 1800s, which must be completely nuts. You know, I can't even imagine what pads looked like back then or what a goalie mask was if they even had them. Um, and there's a bunch of really cool interactive exhibits where you can kind of give your own uh, a try at like doing a slap shot and seeing how fast you actually hit the puck. Or um, you can kind of test out your accuracy of the puck, like what hole can you get it in, which I thought was super fun and super cool. Um, and then even on the way out, they'll give you the opportunity to be jerseyed. And you know what that means, right? <laughs> no, so, I, I have no like, idea. It's like you're a Canadian and you're in a fight and they pull the jersey over your head so that you can't punch anymore. And apparently tons of fights have been lost that way, right? But um, I'm actually just kidding. Uh, but you can learn more about the experience in a locker room. Um, and at the very end, you can even take a selfie on top of the uh, infamous Zamboni, right? Um, we all need to have one of those in our collections. So super cool. Uh, it's been, it, it, this is being done by a group called the Flying Fish Group. And what I thought was really neat about this group is they actually have done a another uh installation called mission astronaut where you get to kind of go to space and try and check that all all that stuff out which super cool talking about pop-ups in the past and you know maybe adding something like this to your facility could be a super cool thing to do yeah yeah that's awesome i love uh, you know yeah i love the whole pop-up idea and being able to fill space so Mm -hmm. that's uh, very cool um all right well so this isn't quite a pop-up but i would say it definitely is an alternative um approach so uh, there is a bar called Beans and Barley in Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin. Again, I think we all know where Milwaukee is. I don't have to say Wisconsin, um, but it's in, it's in Milwaukee and it's actually below. And it's a, it's a, it is a, 
an 18 hole mini golf course called nine below. Again, I don't know why it's called nine below, but um, when there's 18 holes, um, but it is nine, it's called nine below. But um, there, there's two things that stood out for me when I read about this, you know, first of all, they let their players design their holes. And so they have, you know, hole design contests. And so they're constantly refreshing their golf course based on player uh, created greens. And so I thought that was really cool. First of all, that they, refresh their course on a regular basis based on that. Um, but the second one is obviously it's Halloween season. And, uh, and so what they've done is they've remade their whole golf course to, and I'll, I'll just read this here, 18 playfully horrifying Halloween holes. The scarefield space will feature, feature ghostly graveyards, pumpkin patches, foggy mazes, and more to challenge your nerve. Uh, plus a few startling surprises along the way to test your mini golf medal. So um, again, they could have just left their golf course alone, but they rethemed it and created new experiences specific for Halloween. I don't know if they do that for Christmas. I don't know if they did that for Easter or other holidays or St. Patty's Day. Um, but I think this is just a reminder that there are so many opportunities to retheme facilities, retheme attractions That's for different holidays to drive repeat visitation, repeat plays. And they seem like they're killing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I think that's a great way to build in customs too, right? Like your family goes out to this golf course and they do the Halloween horror golf course every year. You know, it's just part of a tradition. It's something that you do in your family, right? And it's an easy way to drive customers back for a new experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I was going to say, we were talking about this before the show, corn maze, there's this corn maze out and, and, you know, my family goes and does even as the kids have grown older and now we're different, they all, we all run and do it separately and try to beat the corn maze, but every mm-hmm. year it's a different corn maze. So yes, yeah. the, the tradition is going to the corn maze, but it's always a different experience. And so, um, you know, the same thing, right? Like we build a tradition around going to play the Halloween mini golf, but it's always going to be a different Halloween experience because the, mm-hmm. the holes are always different. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we used to do at my facility is we'd get pumpkins in, we'd get in bulk pumpkins. And so instead of having to go to the grocery store to buy a pumpkin to carve, if you came in and you bought a wristband, you would actually just get a pumpkin to take home. And then it it was, no, it was great because people are like, yeah, right on. I'm getting this free pumpkin and pumpkins are expensive. Like they can run anywhere between, I don't know, 10 to $20, like just depending on the year, how big the crop was. Right. Mm So we were able to get bulk discounts on it and buy tons of them and then just offer them for free. And it was a really good driver for traffic. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I've never actually never heard of that. So that's great. That's a great idea. Yeah. Fun stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, interestingly enough, gosh, or not interesting, shockingly enough, we're only eight weeks out from the IAPA show, which is really cool at this time of year, because what starts happening is all the new, all the manufacturers start dropping the new products that they're going to be delivering at the show. And so one of the cool things that, I mean, we're always keeping our eyes out for are what are the new games coming out? And one I thought was really cool from Eunice was uh, the Raccoon Rampage. Now, um, in this game, there's it's a four-seater game. Players collaborate with their fellow raccoon agents to overcome obstacles that put their skills to the test. So, yes, thank you. Um, they collect valuable props, treasure chests, and unlock weapons, and um, that you know, they use as boosts to help defeat their enemies. And what got me really interested in thinking is what is it? take or what does it take to actually make a really good arcade game so in this game for example now it's a water feature game which i know personally i'm always attracted to water feature games for some reason probably because water is unique and there's not a lot of them out there um but i'm wondering what else is you know required to be in a game like this to make it really effective is it water is it the way that the guns move and shoot is it whacking something is it throwing an object or some sort of physical stimulus or activity that needs to be combined with the video to actually make it really interesting you know and um i think that's something that i'd really like to explore so maybe we'll do a session on that later um 
But one other question I have about this is why raccoons? <laughs> like <laughs> raccoons, doesn't it seem like such a funny animal to put in an arcade game? Yeah, I mean they're, they're super mischievous, so maybe that's it. I don't know. Like they're they're kind of like they're considered bandits, and they'll go in, they get in your trash, they'll steal things. Like maybe there's that, but but I totally agree with you. I, I don't know. Like what what is it? And this comes back to that question when it comes to game design. What is it about game design that you land on a certain animal or a certain theme or even yeah. a certain um, medium, right? So like a water game, like why a water game versus another type of uh, thing. And now what I liked about this is, is it like the, the gun, one of the innovations they've done beyond just a typical water game is like there's actually haptic feedback in the, in the gun as well. So it shakes and mm-hmm. vibrates based on things. So they've done a little bit there, but totally agree you know wonder why why raccoons it could have been like bats flapping around you've got to slap down bats or whatever you know they're trying to attack you like what is it and so i think that'd be really fun to get somebody from Eunice to, to come on mm-hmm. to our future podcast the reveal and uh, and yes. talk about this yes exactly exactly all right well we'll definitely have to strive to do that then yeah <laughs> um, um, something else that caught my attention today in uh, Blue Loop, there was an article on uh, strategies for designing for loyalty. And I thought it was really cool, actually. Um, it's quite in-depth and it has a few industry experts that actually kind of give tidbits of advice on what they think facilities need to, need to be doing to be planning for loyalty. Um, it really discusses and strategizes um, the ever-evolving world of media-based entertainment, highlighting kind of the changing expectations of visitors who are seeking immersive, interactive, and personalized experiences beyond traditional rides and theme parks. Um, and I thought it really did a great job of breaking down and summarizing, summarizing kind of all the points of importance through technology and storytelling, originality, engagement, and, you know, the ability to create memorable and repeatable experiences that keep come, uh, visitors coming back for more. So really great article. I'm going to post it in our discord and break it down a little bit for everybody so that you can kind of see all the points. Um, but uh, definitely something to be considering if you're remodeling your facility, building a new facility, or looking um, at ways to be driving more loyalty into your um, center. Yeah, no, that's great. I uh, had a chance to read the article as well, and, uh, and that summarizes, summarizes it perfectly. So, um, yeah, highly encourage you to to go and do that. Um, and I'll say, if you don't mind me revealing, um, mm-hmm. it was a long article, and yes. and and so we uh, so Christine actually took that article and put it into ChatGPT and uh, asked it to create a summary, and it created an excellent summary. That's going to get dropped in there. And the reason I mentioned that um, is because one, that's a tool that we should all be using. Because I read mm-hmm. it, and I was like, oh my gosh, how are we supposed to summarize this thing for the show? Because this is really good, uh, but it's like it's going to take a lot of work just to do that. And it did it in like twenty seconds. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but but the reason I bring that up, and it actually is relevant to the next topic, is we're going to be at IAPA LBX Collective has a booth. We're going to be in booth number one hundred six A. So what we'd love to see is have you come down and and we're going to be doing some live shows on the floor we'll be going and doing live shows in front of other booths we're going to be interviewing there's a number of things we're going to have but we'd love to have you come by the booth as well see us talk with us let's meet in person um and so you know hopefully we'll be able to do a few other things we'll have some things you know little giveaways and that kind of stuff but um christine and i are also going to be talking at the fec lunch on wednesday so if you haven't had a chance to buy your ticket to the fec lunch highly recommend that you do that um, and it is the wednesday lunch and we're going to be talking about ChatGPT and generative AI and things like um, things like blockchain and tokenization and everything else, that, like these new emerging technologies and how they can be used and leveraged for your facility um, within marketing, within other things. And so, you know, mm-hmm. this is just one example of a way to take you know some content, create a great summary that then you can then piecemeal into social media posts, etc., or whatever. And so, we're going to be talking a lot about that at that Wednesday lunch. But anyway, that was my little IAPA Expo pitch. And as Christine mentioned, 
it's eight weeks away. So that's, uh, not, that's crazy. Isn't that it's crazy? I know. I know. And, and this is, I feel like it just comes, 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 comes. And it's like the best week ever. And then it's gone. And you're like, oh, got to wait a whole other year I know. for the next one. So <laughs> uh, thank goodness for the FEC summit. Exactly. You, I wish the summit was a little bit further along. So it was kind of like we had a little bit more of a break between the yeah. expo and the summit. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But, but then you run into the uh, amusement expo and then bowl yeah, expo. And then, know. You know, it's like, it's hard to figure out the right spot for it, but mm-hmm. um, all right. So we've talked, we've talked a little bit about Dave and Buster's um, the last two shows almost, but yesterday we, we, you know, referenced the you know, decline in entertainment and some of the issues that Dave and Buster's experienced with the decline in sales. Um, what's great is I actually wanted to, to dovetail off of uh, some conversation that's happening right now on the Discord server. So if you're, if you want to jump into the conversation, please do hop in there. Uh, there's some some good dialogue that's going on, some good sharing around this topic. Um, but what I I was reading an article today about a about the fact that they're turning to discounts and promotions right now. Um, and look, that's a great short-term band-aid. I'm going to turn to discounts and promotions, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't solve their core problem. And and, and I just I want to I want to bring a contrast in here. So we talked a little bit about the core problem, really mediocre F and B offering. You know, it's adults, so it's adult entertainment, and they really are struggling with their attraction mix, which there is no attraction mix. It's arcades and redemption for adults, um, and I think they and some you know older kids. Um, but in contrast, there's a, um, a franchise, it's a pizza buffet franchise called Mr. Gaddy's Pizza. And Mr. Gaddy's, they've been around for 50 years now, and they have 70, they have 70 locations here in the U.S. They're opening 16 more franchise locations over the next six months, and they have had recorded surging sales across all of their locations. Things are growing. Now, they are a family destination. They're not an adult entertainment venue like Dave and Buster's. So they target eight to 16 year old, you know, families with eight to 16 year old kids. So they're not the Chuck E. Cheese, like the smaller, you know, but they are the older kids. Um, they have dedicated party rooms, but they're just a pizza buffet and arcade and redemption games. But mm-hmm. they are seeing, um, they're seeing things surge. And so my, my, my thought here is that if, if entertainment in general is the issue, then all entertainment venues are going to be seeing the same decline. And the only thing I would say is if my only thought is that if, if Gaddy's is going well, then, then it's, then it's, then it's not an issue with entertainment. It's an issue with the venues that are experiencing decline and they need to rethink their offerings. Yeah. And then I, I just add to that a little bit. I've, I've actually given this some thoughts since we originally talked about it and I can share from my own experiences, something we used to own, um, you know, the hair and skin care location, the body shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so we used to own a bunch of them. And if, um, you know, we, they were really, they were huge for a massive period of time, but the Canadian market was completely franchised. So it was only franchisees that own the Canadian market of the body shop in the U S it was only corporate and the corporate stores in the U S always seem to struggle compared to the Canadian stores, the Canadian stores that were franchised, they always did way better. You build culture, you build relationships because you actually had owners in there that gave it who and and uh who actually you know they mentored their staff they they were making their own money out of these mm-hmm. franchises and they put a lot of love and dedication into it and they built a huge culture and a huge following um when l'oreal actually took the company over they took all the franchisees out of their locations and they bought back all the stores right. and then we saw a significant <laughs> decline in actually the uh products uh, not only the products but also the service and everything else that was going on the culture and it kind of lost its way uh and it's never regained its way frankly and so i think that that 
that might have a big play of what's happening here as well, because you mentioned that Mr. Gaddy's is mostly franchised, if not all franchised. And so you have owners in there that care. They're giving good service or even good hospitality, actually, more than service. Um, they're creating that culture with their staff first, which is most important. And that's just translating down the line into their customers and the return business that they're getting. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So it could, it could very well be the business model as well, right? The, the franchisee, I think it mm-hmm. totally agree with you. Totally agree. Um, all right. Well, look, we're at 20 minutes. And so we've, uh, what I'd love to do yep. is look, the conversation's already happening on the LBX Collective Discord. So hop on over there. If you haven't already join the Discord, you can go to lbxcollective.com and click on the little link to go join the Discord channel. And we'd love to hear your thoughts there. Uh, so to that end though, um, man, this is uh, signing off live yeah. at the Flight Club in Denver. Sure. Yeah. So to uh, to our fellow LBXers, this is CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Take care, everyone.